Hey, Oz, let's go. I'm here. I'm sitting right next to you. Why are you yelling? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm here. I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm here. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's cold today, but I'm good. Definitely colder than it was Friday. Friday was warm. I know, man. This weather's flip-flopping all over the place. Oh, I had shorts and t-shirt and I was running on Bedline on Friday. And I'm shivering whenever I go outside. Well, you don't even want to go outside. Exactly, yeah. I mean, this is not the typical soccer weather you want to play in. This is dreary, awful. You can't get motivated for this. Remember last Wednesday? That was beautiful weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it. It wasn't too hot either. It was not. It was not. Cold, nice and warm. We actually picked up four kids from the school to give them some individual practice. Yeah. And uh, they are talented, man. They were good. They knew soccer. They were ten year old. Ten year old kids. They knew about the game. They've been playing for a while. They're playing competitively. Right. Uh, I was impressed with, uh, with how they played. I mean... Uh, they are good kids, too. Definitely, yeah. definitely. They were really good. And the no soccer, man. You remember that one kid? He had Barcelona t-shirt, Barcelona sweatshirt, mm. and also Barcelona cap. I mean, we had a really, truly young, young Barcelona fan. Barcelonista. He was a real Catalonian guy, <laughs> <All right>. man. <laughs> I mean, he even told us that he went to... With his family to so Barcelona Valencia game at Nou Camp, which is something I haven't done. Uh, I <laughs> haven't even ten been years here. old. So, yeah, yeah no. lucky guy. I know. <laughs> it's awesome to experience that at a young age. And uh, we went out to the practice field, and at this point, Barcelona PSG was three to zero. The second half just started. We knew yeah. we knew that it was two zero. Barcelona up. Yeah. They had one penalty. Right before we left. Yeah. Right before we left. And we were all discussing that. Ah, was this a penalty or not? Yeah. Even they were really passionate too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, they were excited, especially this one kid. Even, even you could tell the other kids too, they were excited to see what Barcelona could do. If they could do it, they all thought they probably could do it. Right. He definitely thought they could do it. They just needed one more goal. One more goal. Right, one more goal. And this guy also knew a lot about the team. He knew Arda Turan, Rakitic, Neymar, Suarez. He could just name them all like that, you yeah. know? And we went to the field and we started our practice. And we didn't think that much about the game, did we? We knew that this was possible. We had to leave. But we didn't think that much about the game while we were practicing, obviously. We were focused on our practice, which was good. Right. There was one time where I went to, uh, I just went to check the time on my phone. Yeah. I just went to check and I went back. And he, he as I was walking back, he's like, did you check the score? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't even think about it. I was just checking the time. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, maybe he had, it was in his mind a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. But he kept focused in the practice, too. We were, most of us weren't really thinking too much. All right, we had a good level in the practice. But at one point, we had water break and, uh, you know, he was just screaming. He's, I was like, what, what happened? Yeah. You know, he was screaming. And it was 5-1 to Barcelona. Right. And late. Late. Neymar yeah. scored 90 plus 2, he said, on the phone. And I thought the game was over. He was like, oh, we threw. We went there. We did this. Oh, my God. We the next round. And I was like, I didn't want to destroy his joy here, right? Me neither. I know. Because <laughs> PSG got the goal. They got a goal that they needed. Exactly. So it was 5-1. So that meant that Barcelona actually have to score one more goal. Yeah. And, and like, uh, you know, sorry, but, but uh, with this score, if, yeah, PSG, PSG goes through. through. If PSG didn't score that one goal, goal. then Barcelona would go through. Exactly. But, yeah. And he kind of was upset. We went back and practiced. And, uh, you know, 
practice was over, we came back and he's like, 6-1. It's, 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 it's 6-1. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? Look, it's 6-1. And he's just pointed the screen to my face and I see it's 6-1. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought the game was over. But you, well, no way. Barca did it, dude. Kerry, Barca did it. I'm like, what? Well, Barca did what? <laughs> they got eliminated? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I know. <laughs> 6-1, they did it. And this kid ran around the entire field screaming, yes, yes, oh my God, we went through. Oh my God. Oh my God, 6-1, 6-1. Oh my God. I was thinking, no way. I was no thinking way. like, uh, you guys started saying 6-1. I was, I figured, first I figured you must have meant to say 5-1. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know it was 5-1. It's not enough. And then once he kept saying, no, 6-1, I was like, it must be some sort of mistake. I couldn't believe it. Like, they didn't actually score. There's like 30 seconds left. <laughs> I could, they couldn't have scored. They did it though, dude. Man. And we both witnessed this guy the show pure joy. the pure yeah, joy right. or child over his favorite soccer team winning such a important legendary game. Yeah, doing the impossible. Doing the impossible. And uh, it was beautiful to watch and witness this happening. On the way back, yeah. Uh, after our practice, we went to, to you know, take them back to get picked up by their parents. And he was in my car and we talked about it the entire time, pulling up. You could tell he was so excited. Pulling up the uh, replays of the goals that he scored, that they score, <laughs> like Neymar free kick, yeah. I remember, and the, the final goal by Sergio Roberto, and just replay that the goal over and over again. And like, oh man, what a free kick by Neymar. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> man, it gets even better. I'm going to oh, watch it again. <laughs> oh my God, that's the best, man. I said, man, that's like, I, I do that too sometimes. Oh. I, I definitely used to just watch a goal over and over again. That was beautiful, man, honestly. And one of my best friends from the soccer team, I just spoke Eko back home in Erebro, is Andes Peri. And Andes went to the Barcelona PSG game. We saw this game live. And we're going to try to call Andrews and ask him questions about the game, his experiences, feelings, his thoughts. How was Nukamba at this point? What What is this earthquake sound that they're talking about? Yeah. He will give us a live report from the game, how it was. So please stay and listen because it is something special. There are millions and millions Barcelona and PSG fans out there in the world, but only 90,000 people had the chance to see it, and Anders is one of them. So it's going to be really exciting to listen to what he has to say. This is what we're going to do. If you keep listening to Oscarch and King Soccer Podcast, Podcast Show. Show.
because it was a big weekend this past weekend for our very own Atlanta United. It was. It, it was. was. Following up from last weekend uh, and the podcast from last week, uh, we were curious to see how they do in their second game. We were pressing the first, curious to see how they do their second game. Right. They flew up to Minnesota to play against the new team yep. in the MLS as well, Minnesota yep. United. The circumstances was not easy, was it? No, not ideal. <laughs> it was... First of all, it was recorded as the long, um, the coldest MLS game in history. Really? Yeah, and it seemed obvious with the tons and tons of snow falling down. Man, it looked funny on the TV when yeah. I watched it, right? It was so much snow coming down, but also windy. Not yeah. this perfect conditions to let the players play. I mean, the risk of getting injured. Yeah, I think so. Um, I've seen it occasionally. Uh, I've played in the snow myself, but never, like, not in snow. Like, the snow wasn't on the ground, wasn't stuck to the ground, but it's just very, very light snow that you get here in Atlanta usually. Every, every <laughs> uh, but it looked fun. Yeah. But it was very slippery for the players. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You saw they brought out the bright orange ball. Oh, they did. That they do. Uh, but even watching on TV, I guess the players might have been okay, I suppose. Watching on TV, I could still barely see the ball. Uh, and but... keep in mind, and keep in mind, it was the same for the both teams. Yeah. Yet, Atlanta was a better and a stronger team. Oh, man. Big time. Oh, man. They were impressive. They were. They were impressive. 6-1, the final score. Boom. <laughs> the first MLS win for yes. Atlanta United. Yes, and it came in great fashion. Did. Very memorable. The striker. Tell me about him. Joseph Martinez from mm-hmm. Venezuela, signed from Torino in Italy. Played a good amount of games there. He scored a hat trick. He did. He did. And it was interesting because he was one of the few players out there in short sleeves <laughs> and no like tights on or anything. He so. didn't even look affected at all. Oh, him. man. He didn't care at all. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, he's strong. He's fast. and yeah. a good finisher. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. think Atlanta United has a really good striker in him. Yeah. And he and uh, number 10, Miguel Almiron. Yes. He scored two goals of the day and one or two assists. I forget. But My they were beautiful match. goals. They were great goals. Oh, yeah. Good finish. Uh, I think they're t- those two are developing a nice connection. I mean, Atlanta United had their players pretty wide and kind yeah. of spread out the Minnesota team mm-hmm. and had more ball passes and touches and attacked with like four or five players each time. Yeah, it was and- very fast counterattacks. I know. It really was. I think one or two of the goals, in fact, no, most of the goals came off of these turnovers from Minnesota and then quick counterattack. We, we talked to Joe Jackson last week, and he mentioned that this team will bring a new style of play. Mm-hmm. I think he is right. I clearly ca- see it from the Tata Martino effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's definitely how his teams wanted to play, and, and they're playing that way. That's it. That's it. Have you ever seen another game with that kind of snow storm with that type of uh, environment? Not much. Normally, whenever I think there's going to be that much snow. Uh, while watching on TV, I always get news like the game is canceled because right. of too much snow or something. Yeah. But uh, there is one game, memorable game, okay. historic game of U.S. soccer uh, during qualifying for World Cup 2014. We like this. Yep, yep. Uh, the U.S. played, around this time, played Costa Rica okay. in Denver. <laughs> and Denver is pretty cold. <laughs> Denver, Colorado stayed for paradise skiing, right? Yeah, it's known for its great uh you know the rocky mountains are yeah. there so i mean it's known for its skiing resorts i've never been myself <laughs> but yeah, uh man. but i watched this game and a night game and the snow probably came down even more snow than than really? this minnesota game honestly like the minnesota they they you know how they paused a few times to yeah. blow off the lines yeah 
I don't remember if they even did that during the uh, U.S. Costa Rica game. I can't remember. Was but... it almost like in the Atlanta United game? You could see that some parts of the field, there was no trace of running. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> you know, you saw like... it on the left side that they haven't really played that much on that side. Right, with the lack of footprints yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here uh, in the U.S. game, I couldn't see the lines out all i couldn't see them at all and they i can't remember sorry i remember hearing on the broadcast and yeah. saying like uh they'll play unless you can't see the lines okay so maybe they could barely see it i don't know i couldn't see them at all i kept being afraid or wondering if during the middle of the game they're just gonna call it off mm. and at halftime yeah. they uh they discussed it the two teams and they got together with the referee and discussed uh should they continue the game right and they all pushed to keep playing um, and so they did. U.S. ended up winning 1-0. Nice. But afterwards, the Costa Rican team was upset and called for, said that the game shouldn't be played. <laughs> so they called for a rematch. They even took it to FIFA uh, and didn't end up happening. But uh, there was some controversy there. You think it was on purpose they put it in Denver for that game? I do, actually, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if they were expecting it to snow that much. Right. Probably get expecting some snow, but... Yeah, I think they're definitely expecting the U.S. to use the cold weather and also a bit of altitude. Interesting. Denver's pretty high up. I mean, you don't think that much about weather, but weather has a, also an effect in the performance yeah. overall in players. Absolutely. You know, I just thinking about Sweden. When I used to play in the preseasons, it was always, you know, snowy, cold, and that's not easy, man. Like uh. running around and breathe in ice cold weather, mm. you, you 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 lungs start feeling it, you know, and. Uh, this one time, snowplow had taken away all the snow on the field, yeah. and I came on the right side, put it in the cross, and just fell and fell just on top of this big <laughs> pile of snow, man. And I just went up and shook it off like a die. You know? Did you look back and uh, see like your imprint, like in the snow, like a snow angel? I, I did, I did, I did, I did. It was a tiny midget looking. Yeah. <laughs> But weather has an important role, right? The slippery and such, yeah. Big time, big and time. And even once it rains, you know, I like playing in the rain. Uh, at least I did. But now I'm feel, seeing it more and more, how faster the ball moves, yeah. how harder it is to control. It's slippery. That's why some of the big teams are really putting some water on before yeah. the, before the uh, when they play against a bottom team so they can roll that ball faster. Yeah. And, um, you know, usually you would think that it's too warm. It's too warm to play. Like, World Cup 2006, they had discussions about it, it was too warm, you know? Mm. The players were suffering almost from dehydration. And it was it was hard for the players to kind of get the energy back in between the games. Yeah. You know, like, I remember all those years when we went to Turkey in the summers. Even though you had the best AC in the room and was working on it, like, 100%, you couldn't get cold, man. You were still like kind of sweating, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, I didn't know that about 2006, but that's happened in other World Cups too. Like uh, I think 2014, there was talks about water breaks and such. And uh, even here in the U.S., once the U.S. hosted in '94. Oh yeah. I mean, you know how hot it gets here in Georgia, and yeah. so we had games 
in Florida and Texas. So Dude. just imagine how hot it was. That Dude. was a big talking point even I, then. I, imagine we even had water breaks in Sweden in the summers. Mm. Whenever it got warm, you know, they took like a, just a, like two, three minutes pause, right? Even in Sweden. Too. Even in Sweden, we had I don't pauses. imagine Sweden as like a super That's hot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, even here in Atlanta throughout the summers, it's super hot. Oh, yeah. It's we so need warm. It. Yeah, we need these water breaks. That, uh, we don't get them enough, in my opinion. I mean, too warm is a danger for the players while they play and outside to get that rest they need. Mm. Especially if you play elite games in that level, you know? It's not it's not lower league divisions right now we're talking about. Nah. So even the like you said, World Cups, top level players, exactly. biggest stage. Exactly. And uh, into consideration. And I think me and you both are on the same page here that we don't want to have players in danger for dehydration right. or or suffer from something with the heat in that pressure mm, right so please 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 fifa consider again about the world cup 2022 in qatar oh man please now kerry i want you to take me to europe again yeah let's do our euro trip and see what happened in Europe this week. There's some interesting stuff that happened in Europe, man. Yeah? Uh, where do you want to go to first? I watched the Real Madrid-Real Betis game. Mm, yeah. And uh, it was a good game, man. I remember in the beginning where Betis had a good chance. You know, one-on-one on the keeper. And they, and Navas just took that guy down while the ball passed him. You know, it was uh-huh. like an open goal. And the ref just ran to the situation, looked in the eyes of the Betis player, and <laughs> didn't call anything. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? I mean, in any other game, there could be a red card. Yeah. Pushini got a red card right. against Bayern Munich. Something that wasn't even as, as serious. No, but, no. I mean, denial of a goal-scoring opportunity, you see, you hear. Uh, so, Navas probably should have been sent off for that. And they didn't even call a foul, right? He didn't call no anything. Foul. Shortly after, Betis scored the first goal, 1-0. Mm. And uh, now, you know, we all know how important this game is. But some might not know. Can you please tell us how important this game is? This game was big for Real Madrid. Yeah. They're back to top of uh, La Liga standings, especially considering Barcelona earlier. But we'll get to that. And also, you know, keep up with this momentum going. They played... They won in the Champions League earlier. They haven't been super convincing, Mm-mm. but uh, this is good for their confidence. Right. And who stepped up? It was Cristiano Ronaldo. He scored the first goal. It was a beautiful goal. I just want to go through it quick with you. It was a cross from the left side in from uh, Marcelo, I believe. And Alvaro Morata just made a run to the first post. Not really going to the ball, mm. but just making that run to the first ball, f- first post. And you could see how two defenders, central defenders, picked him up and followed his run. And Ronaldo was all alone and just put that <laughs> ball in the net. Header? You know, just header, yeah. you know, just in. And uh, just shows you how, how important running is without the ball. Absolutely, yeah. You hear it all the time. It's essential to yep. always be moving. Even if you know you're not going to get the ball or you don't get the ball, exactly like you said, Morata created space for Ronaldo and he ended up scoring. It was exciting because it was 1-1 for a long, long time, wasn't it? It was, but, and you say Ronaldo stepped up. Yes. uh, And he did, but who's been stepping up time and time again for Real Madrid 
lately in the last few few years. Who? Well, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Let me give you a few more hints. All right. Particularly once it's late in the game off oh. a set piece. You just made it easy, dude. Did I? You yeah. did it. Sergio yeah. Ramos. Absolutely. And once again, he comes up clutch for Real Madrid <laughs> and uh, scores off of that corner kick late in the game to win it for them. He's such a hero. Really? You know? Yeah. He he put them now on the first place with 62 points, two points ahead of Barca that has 60 points. Mm. And Barca away at Deportivo La Coruña. Yep, yep. They lost. They did. And after this, you know, this game against PSG, the comeback and lose. Right. Away to Deportivo with uh, changing coaches Pepe Mel, who has uh, took over to struggling Deportivo, but they've won uh, four games in a row. Ooh, have and, they? Uh, yeah, and nice. so not necessarily an easy, they found nice forms. So not necessarily right. easy place for Barcelona to go to, but still, you'd expect Barcelona to come through. Yeah. But uh, Messi, and I'm seeing it a little bit more, still he's... Still amazing, phenomenal, mm-hmm. one of the best mm-hmm. in the world. But I'm seeing it more often this year, maybe last year too. He's sometimes games he's just not able to find the game, and this was another one of his really poor performances. He doesn't really take the ball and dribbles and go straight to the goal again. You know, he's not as offensive. I feel like he becomes more and more like Xavi yeah. or Iniesta, like kind of goes too much deep and lets you know Suarez and Neymar do that role. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely evolving his his role in the team. But someone who it's like you just mentioned Neymar, yeah, someone who I think still does what Messi used to do. He's always like a live wire, moving around, running at defenders. You know when Neymar gets the ball, he's gonna run out a defender, yeah, beat him, draw someone else, and then he'll. Combined with Suarez or Messi or whoever. But Neymar, who was probably Barcelona's best player against PSG, uh, was injured for this game and didn't play. Mm, so, okay. Okay. Uh, he, they clearly missed him. You could see how, how his presence, his lack of presence, rather. I think we told this last week or the week before. Please keep following in La Liga because every game is almost like a final. And this was what we meant. Yeah. This was really what we meant. Me and you, we also watched the Juventus Milan game. Yes, we did. And it was a good game. It was, yeah. A good game as it should be between two historic rivals. Right. You know, how Milan's dropped off some. Juventus has gotten better over the past few years. But uh, it was good. It was a nice competitive game between the two in in Turin. I mean, Donnarumma, man. You got to give him applause. You know, this guy is like 17 years old and plays like Buffon almost. I know. And it's great that he was up against Buffon. Italy's current superstar goalkeeper that's been there for years and then the future two Gianluigi's man it, it really is <laughs> it really is and it's gonna be really cool to follow Donnarumma's career you know like you know how 20 years from now we will be able to say that this you know 20 years ago we talked about him in our podcast yeah look where he's now it's yeah. gonna be interesting and cool to see what he can achieve in his career yeah, and he looks like he looks like he's ready for it too. He doesn't look like a seventeen-year-old just getting just getting his feet wet. Yeah. It looks like he's he's got his composure and this uh, character to go along with the role. Big time, man! It's also extra hard for keepers to keep come in into a new team. You know, be the first keeper, at mm. the, especially at that age. Yeah, and with a Milan team that I think is improving. Yeah, but still, it's not. Not like Juventus, where they don't give away any chances, right? Or, yeah, they don't concede any chances. They he's he has to face some pressure. He did he? Yeah, for sure. And something controversial happened, right? It was one-one for a long time. Right. And speaking of pressure, yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the game, like right, almost at the end of the game, ninety plus, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Uh, Juventus got a penalty. Dybala stepped up and scored. I love this kid. He's good. I love this kid. I mean, you'll be talking about good about him for a long time. Now. Yeah, man. I mean, I think he's gonna be. We've talked about uh, like Griezmann coming into that Neymar, Messi, Ronaldo, yeah. Suarez sort of uh, class. Right. Uh, I think Griezmann is near there or there already. Yeah. I think Dybala is on his way there too. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. And yeah, Juventus won again at the end, and a lot of people complain or try to blame that the ref is on their side. Yeah. And, you know, that's hard to say. We had kind of different opinions on the penalty. Yeah. You think it was a penalty, don't you? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was... I could see it being given, but it was kind of harsh in my opinion. Yeah. But to be fair, early in that game, Juventus had a clear penalty denied. True. True. So uh, it True. kind of evened out. But you're right. Juventus always get these calls. Big teams like Juventus, not just them. Uh, always yeah. get these seem to get these calls going their way, but to their credit, it's you're gonna get more of these calls once you're putting pressure on the defense. True. Right? If you have more chances, if you're in the box so many times, at one point it increases the chance to get, get a penalty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So did something special happen in Premier League or England? England this uh this weekend was a mixture of Premier League and FA Cup FA Cup quarterfinals. Um. Uh, Premier League, Liverpool played and played Burnley at Anfield, one two one. Uh, they went down early. And yeah. I don't know if you saw this game, but uh, I saw they, some. Yeah, they uh, strange Liverpool coming off of a dominating performance against Arsenal. They uh, another fellow top six team, a fellow top four rival. They then come play uh, Burnley mm-hmm. at Anfield and struggled, really struggled. struggled they got yeah. the win to their credit, but I don't know why Liverpool are so good against the teams like Chelsea and Tottenham and Arsenal and Manchester United, but that struggle against Burnley and Swansea and West Brom or whoever. It's surprising, man. It's really surprising, you know. I think that's a part of the love and hate relationship in soccer, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, sometimes you do really good, sometimes you don't You do not do that well. <laughs> like, like you said, they played great against Arsenal, but they didn't even show the same level at all against Burnley. They got even lucky that they won yeah, that game. Yeah. Um, Arsenal played against Lincoln. That's right. FA Cup quarterfinals. Coming off of those, you know, humiliating yeah. defeats to Bayern and Liverpool. But yes. I know. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Coming back. 5 nothing over, over Lincoln, right? I mean, I guess we take that win. <laughs> um, it's nice to be on the positive side of five goals for once. <laughs> maybe that adds some confidence. I don't think it would. I mean, it's a non-league yeah. team. They sh- they're supposed to win that much. Yeah. But... Now the draw is finished, so Arsenal is facing Manchester City in the semifinals. Oh, man. Manchester City beating Millwall. I actually haven't even seen the draw yet. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Uh, so surprise to you, man. Yeah, like, okay, I can... Tough, but I'll take Manchester City, I suppose. I'd say they're favorites, but... The other semifinals... Sorry, Middlesbrough, not Millwall. I said... uh, And the, the other semifinals is between Chelsea and Tottenham. So how do we want this to turn out? As an Arsenal fan? Yes. Um, I would like it if obviously we beat City. Yes, 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 yes of course. <laughs> uh, and then I think I would like it if Tottenham beats Chelsea and we have a Woo! North London derby in in the final FA Cup final at Wembley. And uh, with that, you know, we go ahead and win against Tottenham, and then we say thank you for the memories. Yeah. Thank you for this cup. It's time to go. Bye bye. Arsene Wenger. Okay, Kerry, I want to talk to you about a player that came as a really, really talented player to 
Premier League, okay? Okay. So when he came to Premier League, he was a bit sneaky which club he should choose or would choose. It was between two teams. Two teams went blue. It could be either Chelsea or Manchester City, okay? Huh. And I know United were in the race for a long time, but they didn't end up uh, bidding on him. And this player moved from his home country at a young age to France. And uh, he really made a really, really a name over there, dude. Okay. Like, um, let me read a couple of his honors, okay? And uh, 2008 and 2009, he won the Young Player of the Year. Hmm. The next year, he won the same prize, okay? Young Player of the Year again? Okay. Yeah, twice nice. in twice a row. row yeah. And then... The following year, 2010 and 2011, he was the player of the year in that league. Mm. And the following year, he won the same prize. Huh. So, two... Young player in a row, young player of the year in a row, twice yeah. in a row, and player of the year. Exactly. And uh, he started also play for his national team more and more, and was, you know, one of the top talents in Europe. Can you guess who I'm talking about? He moved to France. Yeah. He moved to France at a young like age. Early 2000. I'm going to guess. Yeah. A, the Belgian bomber, Eden Hazard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Such an amazing story. You know, left France at an early age. His dad thought that he would have better chances, have better practices because, you know, the training complex at Lille would be better hmm. at home. I think, uh, I think, um, his, uh, I can't remember exactly where in Belgium he's born, but I think it's like really, it's like 20 miles oh, yeah? or 20 minutes or something away from Lille too. So. He, he also comes from a uh, soccer family. Both his mom and dad played. Mm. Like, you know, he's, has a, his brother Forgan. Yeah, that's has right. playing uh, too. Lynch and Gladbach. Right. And he's doing pretty well. But, you know, he came to Premier League to Chelsea for big money. Yeah. You know, big talk and, you know, would he perform... But look at this, man. His first season in Chelsea, he did really good, too. Yeah. And the second season, he became the best young player of the year. And the season 2014 and 15, he went and became the best player of the year chosen by other players. Man, uh, just thinking, young in two different leagues, sure, but uh, young player of the year three times. That's, like, really young. <laughs> I mean, even, like, if you look at the goals he had, you know, like... Uh, he was averaging, you know, 30, 34 games, 9 goals, 35 games, 14 goals, 38 games, 14 goals, 31 games, 4 goals. I mean, can you wait? What happened? That was uh, last season, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Like, he won the league with Chelsea, and the following year, he played 31 games, but only scored 4 goals. He started the season so bad, like really yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of injuries, missed penalties, and his first goal came in January. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was that late. Yeah. What do you think happened? What is? What uh, do you strange. think this is about? Uh, strange. I mean, I guess circumstances of the time. Mourinho was coach, just led them to the title, like uh, the year before, uh, where Hazard was phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, I think you know Mourinho. He demands a lot from his players. He does. Which I guess a coach can do, but um, I think the way his style of play was, I guess, too demanding for Hazard. He didn't really like it. He put up with it for one or two years, including two good years, including the year that they were great and he won the league. They won the league, but I think Hazard may just had enough of it. 
Also, right. after that great year, I know there was speculation of him moving to other places. Like, oh, that's right. Like yeah. the PSG, I think it was True. a big one in Real Madrid, I believe. There were rumors that, like, apparently he said that it would be hard to d- turn down an offer from PSG. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So, his mind was probably also elsewhere, hoping to, hoping one of these other clubs snatch him up. He's ready to move on. But he has a big attitude problem we used to have. Have you heard about Burger Gates? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, burger? Yeah, Burger Gate. <laughs> okay. Apparently, when they had, Belgium had like a, you know, U17, <laughs> U17 uh, national game. Oh, okay. He got subbed off. And he was so pissed that he got subbed off, but also on his own performance. He went straight to the locker room. He took his shower, went outside, met with his family, and they all had burger outside the stadium while the game was playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but he has oh come God. a long way, man. Uh, do you think pressure could have something to do with it? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's arguably the guy at Chelsea. I mean, he has he's got some other people like Costa and Fabregas with him. But uh, once you put up numbers like he did in the Player of the Year season, the season yeah. that they won it, you get a lot of focus on you, a lot of attention on you, a lot of pressure to always perform, and. He wasn't able to. I think, like you say, he was injured that last season, um, as well as the Mourinho situation. Right. I remember during that, uh, speaking of temper, too, uh, during that season, I think in a game against Leicester, yeah. he, he, they weren't playing well. Leicester were playing very well. And uh, he went down injured, and I think he, he might have tried to play. I can't remember for mm-hmm. a few minutes afterwards. I can't quite remember. But afterwards, he just didn't... He, couldn't keep on playing apparently right and just walked straight off the pitch uh right past Mourinho didn't even look at him Mm. uh went down the tunnel and I think some people suspect maybe he wasn't actually that injured he was kind of faking it okay but he's just so tired of playing for Mourinho and tired of all the circumstances and everything and with how the team were playing at that game he just walked straight off basically asking to be subbed off i mean signs of not being in harmony not really being happy in that environment it feels like this season he has a bit more free role the entire success of this team is not on his shoulder it's more spread out it's more like the team of chelsea this year has the success instead of him has to deliver all the time right yeah i feel like he can move around the field a bit more and he's a bit more relaxed he comes down yeah he takes the ball and, you know, with his technique and speed, he goes and attacks more freely now. Yeah, he's, he's even moving around a lot. I always considered him like a winger. Yeah. Uh, normally on the left side. But, you know, nowadays he, he's not necessarily restricted to that side, is he? Mm-hmm. He's more mm-hmm. he's more free-flowing, like he you is. said. He moves around. He'll pop up on the right or in the middle a yeah. lot. And I guess players like him now, now, you see that more and more. They're not they're not stuck to one area. They're always moving around. And I think that's a big key for any team's success. You gotta have one player that at least does that. You know, yeah. confusing the defense. They're always going for the ball. Exactly. And this season he has played twenty six games and has eleven goals, and that's not a bad record. No, that's pretty good. Considering yeah. they have you know Diego Costa is a goal scorer and. Uh, even like Pedro's been Pedro, doing a lot sure. of goals, man. Yes, uh, yes. You know, so. But he's definitely a fascinating player. He's done a lot at a young age. Yeah. And people he's... kind of been like, okay, he's going to be so amazing. Um, But one time, I think it was like three years ago. Oh. 
one time I came home and chess had it played in a cup game, right? I came home and uh, I went on to the Aftonbladet, which is the Swedish newspaper I look at. Oh, of course. And uh, it said, Hazard got a red card kicking a ball boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember this. <laughs> he kicked the he kicked the ball boy while he was trying to get the ball from him, and this ball boy apparently was the son of the biggest shareholder of Swansea City, and tweeted before the game that the best ball boy is back. Hashtag waste time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the scene when this happened. Ramirez. Precious little hurry there to get the ball back, but what's happened here? One of the Chelsea players, I think, has attacked or certainly has wrestled the ball away from the ball boy and left the poor boy in something of a heap, and it's no wonder that the Swansea players are angered by that. Aidan Hazard. Well, you can hear the crowd's reaction. Well, that's astonishing. And that has inflamed passions. Clearly, Hazard wanted to get the ball back. Ball boy went to get it. He was just in the process of picking it up. Did Hazard try and kick the ball out of his hands? Something happened which hurt the young lad. Chelsea's players are quick to go across and apologise. And to see if he's OK. Frank Lampard, prime among them. Well, that's inexcusable by Aidan Hazard. There is no excuse for that at all. And one can only assume when the authorities view that footage that there may be some form of retrospective action taken against Chelsea's Belgian. Well, he may have a smirk on his face now, but he may not when the full ramifications of that incident become clear. Did Chris Foy see of that? Judging by the lack of action so far, maybe not enough. But he does have two assistants and a fourth official. Frank Lampard is the captain and is interceding on his teammates' behalf. Torres is waiting to come on. And it's a red card. Hazard in off. Rightly so. Violent conduct, not against an opponent, but against the ball boy. And in that one rash moment, quite probably Chelsea's final hope of reaching the League Cup final has disappeared. Man, that's like funny stuff. I don't know who's more in the wrong, the kid or, or Eden, but uh, Hazard. But <laughs> my goodness, what a jerk kid, though. Right? But um, it took some time before 
the ref actually called the red card. They didn't really know what was happening, you know? Like, it took some time before uh, everybody realized. He Wait a minute, he kicked the ball boy, you know, Swansea City's defender, Williams. Oh, uh, yeah, Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams, mm. he was kind of upset, and, you know, they all kind of support the kid. But the kid, man, you see how he, he was like... Planned it. It was he planned, planned it. He was planned He was, like, rolling around, <laughs> and he was, like, his, his entire face was, like, ah, <laughs> ah, it hurts, you know? And, wow, that was different and funny to see yeah, Eden get yeah. a red card Never, like Never seen that before. Oh, my God. That before. But you won't see that this season now, would you? No, and no, not at all. Completely happy at and free-flowing, yeah. But it's amazing, man. Like, you have such a great form and career on and on and on. And all of a sudden, without getting a major injury, you have a yeah, big dip like yeah. that. Man, it's un- un- that'd be unheard of. The, right? The, I can't think of anything at the moment. That, that no, you, sudden drop in form. You remember during the time it happened, everybody was like writing about it and what's wrong with him, what's going on. Why is not performing? Why is this happening? And that probably didn't help too so not much. I mean, you may maybe it was just lucky. You may you may or unlucky. Uh, you may perform poorly the, at the start of a season. Anybody can. Messi can. Uh, but you know he'll pick it up. But then once sometimes once uh, all this scrutiny is upon you, mm-hmm. all this pressure is upon you to then pick it back up. It's not necessarily easy to. to Flick that switch back on after you after you dropped off. All this outside pressure, I mean. And this outside pressure that you're talking about, you know, just try to imagine yourself. Eden Hazard is born 1991, and today he's 26. So Man. that meant like he was, you know, 22 years old, 23 years old when this happened. Yeah, something like that. And the, the pressure of this entire team to be on one player, mm. that's nothing that we can understand and it's not fair to write articles about and speculate what's going on with these kids in his life not easy not easy player that had a massive dip that I can come up with not throughout the season but in one particular game and I think you know if you ask most of the soccer players in the world right if you ask coaches or any team in the world they would say this is the most important game and this player dipped so much in this game mm. it was the World Cup final 98 between Brazil and France and Ronaldo Phenomeno El Phenomeno is it Oh Phenomeno that was 21 years old dude 21 years old but had the entire nation on his shoulders you know everybody looked at him he was a superstar he was named for Nike yeah and something happened man how much do you know about 
the final. Uh, yeah, I know going into it, it was like the dream final, right? It was host France against favorites Brazil, reigning yeah. champions. And uh, Brazil were great. Ronaldo was great during that tournament, was he? He was. But then, yeah, there was a uh, big controversy. It was like a mystery of something leading up to the game about Ronaldo's health or, or fitness or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a big controversy. I don't know the exact details, but I just know it was a big mystery over what, what happened to Ronaldo and then why he played so poorly. I was young at that age, nine years old. But I knew that Ronaldo was the big name already, that he was a big star. And some of the theories of conspiracies that has been presented is that while he was playing PlayStation, he was sitting awkwardly and kind of slept in an awkward situation. So he couldn't get air to his brain. So he kind of passed out, mm, you I know. That. And one said there was cardiac arrest. One said it was too much stress and pressure for the game. And, you know, some said that after he got sick, Nike kind of forced Brazil to let him play because what happened was that Edmundo yeah. was on the start sheet. He was going to play. Yeah, uh, he was because everyone figured Ronaldo was you know in the hospital too sick to play. I heard stuff like convulsions from like seizures and yeah. such. Um, but yeah, no one expected Ronaldo to play. It was big news throughout the stadiums, throughout the media. It was in shock, man. Yeah, yeah. So Edmundo was taking that place on the starting lineup. It was Roberto Carlos that found him in the room, kind of getting a seizure epileptic attack. And the uh, entire world, soccer world, was in shock. I mean, it was the, the name, you know? It was the most important player. It would be almost like Argentina plays against, let's say, uh, Chile. I don't know why I said Chile, <laughs> but in the World Cup. But Messi is not in the game because people don't really know either why. Yeah, no one knows why, yeah. And... Uh, Leonardo said also in an interview that him not being in the game, they had different preparations for Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. And how, I mean, it had to affect the team a lot. Absolutely, yeah. The star player, like you said, completely changed up their tactics. But France probably had to change up their tactics tactics as soon as they found out. So kind of late notice too, like yeah. right before the game, uh, maybe the day before. I don't know. I mean, um, the team used to go to the stadium by singing and dancing, the right. samba yeah, stuff, yeah. but they did not even do that in this game. And uh, there's this really cool and good interview with Ronaldo explaining what happened that day, explaining oh. how he felt, what really was going on. And uh, I feel lucky that we can hear this in English from such an amazing soccer player. Hands down, he is one of the best strikers of all time, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. He was a complete striker. A complete striker. Really, uh, phenomenal. He's <laughs> the birth for players like Eden Hazard's playing style, mm. I would say. Mm? I, I can agree with that. Hazard and others as well, like uh, like Suarez or so. But yeah, so one of the best players ever, best strikers ever. But he, so he was like almost like the next Pele. I mean, he went to what clubs, Kerry? Uh, name a big club <laughs> like uh, Barcelona, uh, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, AC Milan, PSV before that. Right. So let's hear what Ronaldo has to say about that day right. and the final. I'm excited. Let's do it. Confusion reigned and conspiracy theories raged. Was this a mistake? A joke? Outrageous gamesmanship? 
What was really happening in the Brazilian team hotel? Only one person can say. I had a, a, a conversion before, after the lunch, at, uh, in the afternoon. And I was uh, inconscient for three, four minutes. So you were unconscious? Yeah, you? unconscious for three, four minutes. Do you know what? Do you know why you had this convulsion, this fit? No. no. And nobody knows. Do you think it was maybe the pressure and the nerves, or could did you be? Feel confident? Could be, but uh, you know, when when yeah, when you're there and you you breathe the 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 the, the competition, you. Everything is about the competition. You, you cannot disconnect from the competition. It's a lot of pressure. Doctors called me to another room and um, he explained to me that uh, I had a convulsion and uh, and I, that uh, we will not play. And I say, no, it's not possible. I, I want to play, I will play. And we went to the hospital. I, Stayed there for three hours. I did everything you can imagine of uh, medicine or test, everything. And no conclusion. I, I was all right. I was okay. It's, it's like uh, the convulsion. It's never happened. <coughs> excuse me. You're excused. Thank you. <laughs> so, if you are in silence in Brazil, you are fear. For the first time in the World Cup, Brazil have not come out to warm up on the pitch. We haven't seen a single player. I go out from the hospital, going to the stadium directly. And then came later, and there was Edmundo in, on my place. And what I said... What did you think when you said you saw the team sheet was up and there's, there's Edmundo and not Ronaldo? What, yeah. What did you say? Yeah, I understood, because I was in the hospital, but I, I called Zagallo and said, Zagallo, please, I have to play. I, I don't have nothing. I, I went to the hospital, everything's fine with me. I, it's the final game. I'm fine, I'm okay. He also mentions how big a disaster or a loss it is for Brazil. Check this out. It's like always when you play for Brazil, you have to win, always. A lot of pressure, always with the Brazilian team. Is it like a disaster in Brazil when they yeah. Go out of the World Cup, losing yeah. the final, yeah. Yeah, the same if uh, you lose on the on the, the first round, uh, as the same uh, in the final. Mm. Yeah, disaster. Uh, if we got to the final, we'd be really happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the most yeah. of uh, uh, of the rest of the world, yes, yeah. but not for us. Not for Brazil. Interesting to hear from Ronaldo, uh, especially at the end there. He, I mean, he, or, you know, during that interview, he said that he had to play. He had to play. There's no way he wasn't playing for Brazil in the final. Everyone needed him. And what a disaster, he said, at the end there. Yeah. Uh, he saw that he wasn't playing. He said, no, I have to play. I have to be in this lineup. I have nothing. I have to play. And uh, they let him play, even though there was a lot of con controversy behind it. Yeah. Like, they didn't clear it. But like he said... He was fine, he did the test, and uh, 
interesting, man. Like, you don't want to miss this game. Even whatever you do in your power, you want to play this game, no matter what. Right. I remember him being so pale in the game. Like, pale yeah. as in the color, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. he... Almost like he lost a lot of blood or something, you know? He was very pale. And, you know, I think everybody will remember that time where... The time in the game when Fabian Bartes went out and, right. you know, punched the ball. Yeah. Boxed the ball. Completely cleaned him out, though. Cleaned him out. Like, yeah. really took him down. And uh, that kind of was the symbol of that World Cup final mm-hmm. for, for Ronaldo in Brazil. time a disaster it is for Brazil to lose a game that's what he said right yeah. it's a disaster let alone if it's the final or the group stage right it's all the same all the same and the pressure to win is really really tremendous it really really does uh, paint a nice picture when he touches on how much losing means for Brazilians and how much winning means for Brazilian fans doesn't it definitely if they lost the group stage but like the group state losing the group stage and losing the final is just as big as as I mean like uh, Gary Lineker touched on if England got to the final if the US got to the final <laughs> yeah. I mean I would I'd love it if they won but yeah. I wouldn't care to be upset if they lost I'd mm-hmm. be so thrilled that yeah, they just get to the final I know but, I mean it's because they've been to the finals right they've been 2006 2002 and uh, um, obviously 98 and 194 so you know, for our or my generation, we've seen them in the final so many times, and uh, then they had the chance of having the World Cup in Brazil. Yeah. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, and you think this will be once they get it back, their first win since two thousand two. Once you know all the referrals to nineteen fifty, all of mm. that nineteen fifty. Once they first hosted, and they lost in the final in. Uh, such a tragedy then they get they get revenge they set it right they win the world cup the most successful team of the world cup yeah. win the world cup at its spiritual home exactly at maracana at maracana yeah you know we're almost like one of the legendary stadium and have that chance and they did pretty good in the group stage you know i remember yeah. this one goal free kick from David Luiz against Colombia. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, from far away, he went and just hit that ball. And, you know, it was so hard. Went to the side. You know, it was beautiful. And he just screamed and like almost yeah. like a superhero star. Just yeah. celebrated, you know. I think a lot of people remember that. I remember this World Cup was going to be like the coming out of Neymar. The Ooh. arrival of Neymar. Yeah. As a true superstar to prove he was already making a lot of waves around world football, but there's still a lot of people that doubted him. Maybe rightly so, maybe not. I don't know. That's up to you. But uh, this was going to be the time for him to truly arrive and announce himself as one of the elites to put all the doubters wrong. Yeah. And I think he, 
I personally think he succeeded. I think he put Brazil on his shoulders with all this pressure, yeah. all this pressure in the world, and and he delivered. I remember the uh, before that Colombia game, he played Chile. Okay. And went to penalties, right? Yeah. And Neymar took his penalty, and right before he took it, I just was thinking, I just tried to imagine Neymar's situation as young, I think 22 years old, I right. believe. Yeah. With the superstar. He was superstar. For Brazil, carrying is, them. Yeah. Uh, with all this pressure, <laughs> exactly. playing for Brazil yeah. at home in the World Cup, and to top it off, he's about to take a penalty, which is the most pressure gate point in any soccer game. And I was thinking the pressure could get to him here, but he so coolly so just cool. put that penalty away. So cool. and I was so impressed with Neymar. Neymar's situation somehow similar to Ronaldo's situation. Absolutely. Very young, yeah. the entire country, the fans, the team are really trusting you that you're going to be that player and uh, I also remember when Neymar got that kick on his back yeah in the Colombia game in the Colombia game and just was screaming of pain on the field and you you know Neymar kind of sometimes dies or you know screams yeah. too much yeah. or acts too much but this was serious man yeah. like they really hit him in the in the right like the spine? square of the back spine I think so, yeah. I think it was the spine. Yeah. As a, and as they a, say it was very serious. Like, one inch further, it could really matter. Like, it could end his career or not. And the players were afraid, worried about him, similar to Ronaldo in yeah. World Cup 98. And Neymar didn't play, right? No, nah, he was too injured. I think it uh, didn't mess up his vertebrae. And he missed the rest of that tournament. Yeah. I think he was out for a few months. Uh, it was that serious? It was, yeah. So he felt super bad for him. And they probably, like... Uh, the Ronaldo situation mm-hmm. it messed up with it messed with the team's minds yeah. and how they prepared exactly. for the following games and their mentality. Yeah, because I re- heard that Leonardo, the old Leonardo that played yeah. for, uh, in the, I heard that Leonardo that played in the World Cup '98 said that since Ronaldo came back in, we have to change our preparation and who's gonna take who in the corners, in the free kicks, mm. and. Uh, that kind of messed it up, and obviously Zidane scored two goals. And in this World Cup, they had such a Im- important roles for each player, yeah. and for someone like Neymar to not be in it, not even on the bench, right. had to cause some type of psychological effect to the team. Yeah. How did they do the rest of the tournament? Uh, well, Brazil went from looking good looking pretty well, playing exciting with a lot of flair and exuberance to, uh, uh, I'm going to say, disaster. Disaster. Complete disaster. I mean, Ronaldo just talked about, like, how it is to lose a game. But this was even further than disaster. This was unthinkable. This was unthinkable. I don't think any Brazilian fan could imagine losing in the semifinal like they did. So they played against Germany. Yeah. Germany started very good. Very, very, very good, I may say. <laughs> <laughs> they scored 1-0, and then 2-0, and then 3-0. And it's like after that, that maybe the first, certainly after the second, you could see the Brazil team was shocked. shocked. This was early, too. This yeah. was... 15, 20 minutes or so yeah. that they were yeah. two zero down. The team was shocked. They they didn't know what to think. 
And then Brazil, or sorry, Germany, like you said, made it 3-0 while Brazil was completely out of sorts. They were nervous now, man. Yeah, oh, they yeah. were nervous. Like, how are we going to come back? And they didn't play good at all. Um, they, they, they didn't, you know, have barely any good passes in the team. No they build up. They lost the balls in the middle. Yeah. Germany kept pounding and pounding. And uh, everybody that watched this game or heard this game realized that what this commentator is saying is actually real like oh my god this is actually happening this is a humiliation mm. of the brazilian soccer team and it's getting embarrassing it could be four it's turned square closer it's four nil to germany after 25 minutes fernandinho caught in possession brazil are being humiliated humbled and taken apart by Germany. Unbelievable. So unprofessional. Less a good closing down. Gadira, look at this, just gives it him back. Nice little side foot finish. It's embarrassing. The dream, the fantasy is well and truly dead. Germany 4, Brazil 0. chaos and i remember around this point yeah uh in the first half uh, i was watching at home and my mom was working she couldn't watch it but she had it uh, like streamed like i think just like a play-by-play okay she might have been listening to the radio i can't remember but i called her i just had to call her right <laughs> then like, it was like four zero i think or so yeah and uh, i called her right then and I think before I even said anything, my mom knew what I was calling about. And she said, I feel so bad for Brazil. I can't believe this. And I was like, oh, I don't even know either. <laughs> this, is, this is, I felt so, you could see the fans crying, crying 20 man. minutes in. And they're in tears. I mean, I, you know, and no one could even imagine that this scenario would even become worse. It might be through again here, Kadira. Ozil, Kadira, 5-0, 5-0, absolute humiliation, Brazil scored their first in the 11th minute, their second in the 23rd, their third in the 24th, their fourth in the 26th, and their fifth in the 29th, Martin, they've scored four goals in the last six minutes. Well, it's just surely unbelievable. And they're so patient, they wait for that chance, and then it's just a tap-in. Painful, painful, painful moments for Brazilian fans <laughs> to experience this live. Right there, man. 5-0 within the 25 minutes, and four goals in six minutes. I mean, can you... Can you I cannot even comprehend that. Me neither. Four goals in six minutes. That is crazy. <laughs> that's like, that's getting the ball, that's scoring, the kickoff happening, getting the ball again and scoring in like 20 seconds or less. And again. And again. <laughs> <laughs> the players were so on top of the games too, like Tony, Tony Cruz, yeah. Tomas Müller, oh, yeah. you know, Ozil. Ozil was good too. Yeah. And then they brought in Andre Schurle that scored 6-0. And Andre Schurle 
also scoring the 7-0 goal. And Germany are into the World Cup final with an incredible victory over the hosts. Brazil, thoroughly unforgivable performance. Germany, thoroughly unforgettable performance. It is finished in Belo Horizonte, the most surprising scoreline of a surprising World Cup. Brazil won, Germany seven. I bet this put a lot of scars, don't you think? Absolutely. A bit, Absolutely. you know, it got a lot of Brazilian fans, but also the players hurt. Yeah, they're haunted by this today, for sure. You know, they played the Confederations Cup and they won it. Right, it's so promising. So, so promising for them. Precursor of what was to come at the World Cup a year later. The entire Maracana was screaming, Louis, Louis. Lewis in the confrontations final while he saved the goal and uh, oh, yeah. now it was totally different now scene. they were cheering Germany every allaying every pass and booing every pass Brazil did they were applauding them yeah and Germany with this truly amazing generation went all the way to the final and won it big ups to them but I thought that I would never see anything like it you know, <laughs> I thought I would never experience something similar or at least close to it. But we kind of did. We yeah. kind of did. You know, we kind of did. And uh, I came home from having that practice yeah. with the kids. And I sat in my room, totally dark, and I had my earphones on. And I said, I need to look at this game. The biggest comeback of all time yeah. the Barcelona PSG game and I was amazed by the surprises the soccer still keeps giving us even though it has been around for hundreds of years that we can still believe in last minute surprises, unbelievable stories, that's something that you cannot imagine, still Im imagine and that's kind of what gives us some type of comfort in life too, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to keep believing in things that we might think is impossible that can happen to us. Things that we think that is not going to happen to us. To believe that it is possible. And keep imagining scenarios, dreams, hopes that are ambition or goals is actually achievable. You know, it's sometimes in our hands, sometimes it's not. But like this game is showing, anything is possible, man. You cannot really count out any of the teams. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you just, that was brilliant. I couldn't say, can't say it any better. But it may seem cliche, right? Yeah. Like we hear that always, anything is possible. And it may seem cliche, like it, you just see it in movies or something. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, Barcelona proved it. Germany proved it. Ronaldo, France, sorry, in 98 proved it. You get these amazing scenes, these amazing stories all the time in life, let alone soccer. You do it, man. You do it. And even though you might have a bad season like Eden Hazard, you can still come back. Yeah. You can still come back to the same form and perform the way you once did. It's not over. It's, it's still out there. 
I mean, Ronaldo went from having a, you know convulsions before the World Cup final and then playing terribly in that final to winning the very next World Cup as top scorer. So, <laughs> it exactly. just, goes, just shows what you can do. And I guess if you look over the time and at one point can look back, you can see the storyline and how beautiful it is. And uh, now we actually have a chance to talk Anders Berg. I see that he's online. So uh, let's call him and talk about this miracle that happened in Barcelona at Camp Nou. Sjöndes. Tjena, Är det bra eller? Mycket bra själva. Jo, riktigt bra, riktigt bra. Jag sitter här med Keru och vi tänkte bara testa att ringa dig för att du var på matchen. Uh, mellan yeah. Barça och PSG. Keru, say yes. hi to Anders. One hi of my Anders, best, nice one, to meet you. One of my best friends from the soccer time in Adelsberg. Doing well? Good, I'm good. Good, uh, good, good. Before we get this going real fast, I'm just curious. Can you tell me and our listeners what was Oz like at Adelsberg <laughs> as a player? Uh, star player for sure. Star. <laughs> <laughs> what was like a player playing style? Absolutely. Uh, sorry. What was like a playing style or so? His playing style, uh, yeah, uh, complex, difficult to describe. Uh, <laughs> Not much for for defense, more of offense. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. I had you behind me, so there was no worries. Exactly, you can only look ahead. Uh, Anders, how did you get the tickets? How was how did you plan it before? No, it was a coincidence actually. I was um, <clears throat> I was going to uh, to Barcelona for work uh, on Thursday and Friday that week and. Uh, by a coincidence, I came to think of Champions League, and uh, that that date felt really familiar. So I, I looked it up online, and I saw that uh, Barcelona was playing the second leg the day before uh, the the work was was, uh, hmm. was happening. So I just uh, I just felt that I man, I need to get a, a ticket for this game. It's yeah. too good to be true. The timing was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> really. Uh... I know. I'm sure you knew that, like Barcelona was down four zero after the first leg and such. What did you sort of expect going into the game? How did you expect Barcelona to play? Did you did you expect them to make a pull off a miracle? No, not at all. I mean, uh, I talked with some friends before the game, and I said that okay, if if they get an early goal, um, and then um, preferably a, a second goal before before the halftime, then then that's that's when uh, really interesting. Yeah. So exactly that happened, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still didn't think that uh, the outcome would be what it was. I mean, it looked like on TV on the highlights that everybody was like pumped, and it was a big buzz, like the tifo. Tell me about the tifo. That was amazing tifo, right? Yeah, I mean, there were flags uh, basically next to every seat, so um, 
anyone rooting for uh, Barca picked up the flag and waved them like crazy. <laughs> Uh, even you know, uh, uh, expanding on that, what sort of role did the fans play? Right? I, I mean, I don't know if you understand Spanish or anything, but uh, did you sense the sort of buzz and the, the sort of role the fans played during the game? Uh, don't know Spanish unless uh, it's only for the basics. Yeah. Uh, well, Hola. Cerveza. Uh, kind of Cerveza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. No, but definitely. Uh, the, um, I've been to New York and the, uh, the fans were quite quiet at the time they met a, a lower ranked uh, team and uh, uh, this time it was a huge difference it was uh, already before the game and, and immediately when the game started you could you could tell the difference what about uh, after uh, Cavani scored that goal for PSG did that just sort of kill the mood yeah oh my god that, that was a huge uh, change it uh, the, the stadium went went quiet for for a little bit, uh, but, but uh, still it wasn't dead. Uh, oh, nice! Uh, Barca fans kept kept rooting for the team and then kept uh, whistling when when PSG got the ball. Good. Uh, so that Be- was pretty cool. Because at that point, Barcelona needed to score three goals, right? Yeah, I think so. Exactly. I mean, that's almost like an impossible. Thing. I mean, we were with the kids, and we thought the game was over, kind of. We kind of ruled it out. Yeah. Uh, but when the 4-1 goal came, and something happened, right? Everybody still fought like they could still win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a beautiful hit by Neymar, for sure. Tell yeah, me. It's, uh, it, it was about 20 minutes after Cavani scored that uh, basically nothing happened. Not not too many good chances on Barca's side. Probably more on, on PSG's side, if, if I remember it correctly. But uh, then in the what, 88th minute, uh, Neymar scored, and then people started to believe him again. <laughs> tell us the. Tell us how. Ch- tell us the last minutes, man. The kind of like the big. Last minutes, you know, the it's finale, finale, the, it's the incredible, like what you actually witnessed. Can you put some words on that? Well, it was it's difficult to describe, but but uh, you know, when, when that uh, when the penalty came, um, and uh, when when Neymar stepped up and, and took the word, I think that that meant people really started to you know get uh, get crazy for for real. Mm. I can't remember which minute it was, but uh, maybe at that time they had uh, a few minutes, uh, maybe one or two chances to to score. Uh, And then people really started standing up. (laughs) Basically, everyone around me was was standing up in the the stadium. What about that final goal? Once Neymar floated that ball in and Sergio Roberto got the touch to score. Absolutely crazy. I, I think even looking at the sequence before it, uh, <clears throat> they, they had a good chance to just get, uh, get away from from uh, own half and, and score in an open goal. But then the keeper made the, a tackle and, uh, wow. and then the chip in and then the stadium completely exploded. That was uh, really, really cool. They said that, uh, they said that the noise for after that last goal went in, like registered as like a mini earthquake. <laughs> uh, did it feel like that at all? <laughs> was it that loud? No, well, you know, I mean, ninety-six thousand—that's that's a lot of people. Yeah, I, I've never been to a game before where that many people. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, when I was there before, it, 
it was really quiet this time it was uh, it was extremely loud everyone was uh, screaming singing and uh, waving flags and yeah <laughs> I saw I saw really I saw a video of you screaming so much. I never seen you scream that much even after you score, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen too often, so maybe maybe <laughs> Man, you would witnessed... yeah, it was fun. Uh, my, my friend my friend who was on the game, he uh he was uh, filming it uh, the sequence before, so we got the final uh, goal man. video. That was pretty cool. That's amazing. They like the <laughs> last goal, you got the last goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. You saw, you saw, you saw one of the best games ever. They say the best yeah. comeback ever in yeah. Champions League. And you have the final goal captured on, on video forever. And you kind of got the tickets by a coincidence. <laughs> man, it's possible. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't even planned for. So it's uh, I got the I got the absolutely max out of that ticket for sure. Man. Cost me half a fortune, but uh, it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah, it was worth it, man. You would probably never ever forget that, would you? No way, no way. That's that's for sure. I've been to some uh, some good games, uh, not 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 uh, not many, and I'm certainly uh, not anyone liar that could uh, even come close to this one. How about after the game? Like uh, everybody knew they won, and so was it like a big party? I mean, ninety-six thousand people have to. You know, leave the stadium. It was a big party. Everybody was <laughs> screaming. How was the atmosphere there? Yeah, first of all, I think people uh, in the stadium for for a really long time, and, and they were staying and singing and then cheering for the team and, and uh, yeah, uh, making sure that the players felt their their support even after the the signal. And uh, after that, I think there was was a lot of people on the street. Uh, fortunately, I yeah had work work the day after, so. I, I didn't stay up for too long afterwards, but I'm pretty sure that there were a lot of partying the, the night. And, uh, a lot of cervezas. Was a lot of cervezas. <laughs> Are you still playing? I <laughs> uh, mean, no, well, just a little bit in the, in the, in the second team here here at home. I'm uh, a little bit on the side, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, nothing serious. Too too much work and, and a lot of time with the family these days. So mm. you also have no a young, time. you also have a little kid, right? Yeah, I have two kids now. Ooh. We just had a second one a couple of weeks ago. So. Oh, congrats! Congrats, yeah. man! Congrats. congrats! What's their name? Thanks. Uh, our oldest son is uh, Alva, and uh, uh, the youngest son is uh, Noah. Noah. See, we got uh, Suarez and Neymar here. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you, just give them a few years and uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be practicing with them. I hope they don't become a left <laughs> back like their dad. Some, give me some coaching tips. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I gotta definitely make them a good left back and not be nutmegged by players like me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on dreaming. Huh? Yes, yes, I will, I will, I will. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of our show. Yeah, thanks for so much. It was good to talk to you. And uh, no problem, it was fun. And uh, we wish you luck and keep in touch, man. Keep in touch. I miss you. Okay, same to you. Oh. So good talking to you. Great, uh, great talking. You know, I'll I'll stay tuned on the show as well. All right, awesome. man. Bye bye. Okay, thank you. Bye.
that was Anders that gave us a live report from the game. Amazing, amazing game that he went to. Yeah, yeah. I, he said it. He's never going to forget it. He's lucky to have got it captured on video. Uh, and what we got to do here at All Scotch and King, Soccer Podcast Show, we weren't at the game, were we, Kerry? No, unfortunately not. We were not. Anders was. And like he said that he recorded and had a video on the last minute of the game. He said that. So maybe me and you and our listeners can go to that moment and try to imagine by closing our eyes, leaning back, to kind of take in the atmosphere those last minutes of the game from Camp Nou. The game between Barcelona and PSG. Thank you for listening to the ninth episode of Ozkotch and King Soccer Podcast Show.